has been a wonderful morning of singing and in God's providence we are exactly what we will be talking about this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke this morning, Luke chapter 1, and just put your finger on verse 39, we will be there in just uh, a second. Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through 45 will be our text this morning. We are walking through, as we saw last week, what is normally passages of scriptures that are normally preached during the Christmas holidays. And during the Christmas holidays, one of the greatest enjoyments of Christians is the listening and the singing of Christmas songs, Christmas carols. And there are many great ones, uh, you know, Silent Night, Holy Night, We Three Kings, or Mary Did You Know, and we can go on and on. There's, there's many of these songs that we love to sing, and some of us love them probably a little too much sometimes, and that we want to sing them before Thanksgiving and after the New Year and that type of deal. But there is one that, is, that we love and one that we, we sing, and it is a favorite for many it is the song, Joy to the World, and I am not going to sing it for you this morning, but just to read the first few verses. Oh, how thrilled some of you would be that I would sing, and some of you not so thrilled. But there in the first stanza we read, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room. And then you know the following, right? What is it? So, so you've got to say it louder with me this morning. Say, right, here we go. And heaven and nature sing. Say it again. And heaven and nature sing. Brothers and sisters, this song communicates the great joy that, lead, that results into singing because Christ has come into the world. It is a singing that not only do you participate in, that's just you, but, the, but heaven and nature itself, the angels will join in the chorus because Christ, our King, has come. Now over the years, this is exactly what has happened. The joy of Jesus, has, of His birth, has resulted in singing. And it started from the very beginning. It was the very response to the good news that Christ had come into the world through the Virgin Mary, that she would conceive, and there within her womb from the Holy Spirit would be the Lord of Lords. And so we see this morning that in our passage of Scripture, we are going to see the first of five hymns this morning, found within chapters 1 and 2 of Luke. You will see this morning the hymn of Elizabeth. And then next week we'll move into Mary's song of praise. And then Zechariah. And then we'll see the angel who sings there to the shepherds. And then we will come to Simeon who is in the temple. Five wonderful hymns that resulted because of the birth of Christ. And so as we look this morning, Elizabeth's song takes place as Mary visits with her. Up until this point, you have had two narratives. You have had the narrative where Gabriel comes to Zechariah and proclaims to him that he will have a son, that he and Elizabeth, who are old and, and, and barren, will give birth to the forerunner of Christ. And then you have the narrative where Gabriel then comes to Mary 
and he proclaims that she will be, become pregnant with Christ and give birth to him. But this morning, these two narratives will come together in one glorious story. And from here on out, we will see that story. We will see this morning, as I've entitled, a joyous family reunion. And I don't know about your family reunions, but if they're anything like mine, someone always gets to the, to the piano and someone always picks up a guitar, they're on my dad's side and they begin to sing. And within this family reunion, with this joyous uh, coming together, you're going to see the song of Elizabeth and there are three things that I want you to see. This song erupts out of her joy, the joy of her visitation, the joy of her son, and the joy of her salvation. Look with me, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. It says, Now at this time Mary arose and went, into her, went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Here we see the hymn of Elizabeth. The first thing I want you to see this morning is the joy of her visitation. Notice that after Gabriel's announcement, Mary jumps up in a hurry and she is off to a city in, around Judah. Probably a, 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 travel, a journey of around 65 miles would have taken three to four days. But we see that Mary is wasting no time. She is on her way to go and see Elizabeth. Now this is, this is really interesting because you've got to remember that when Zachariah and Elizabeth became pregnant, Elizabeth went into seclusion for five months. No one knew about this pregnancy. Or only except those closest to them. Mary would have had no idea about this. And so it's really amazing that Mary shows up about the time that Elizabeth is coming out of her five months of seclusion here. Okay? And so about six months pregnant, Mary would have immediately recognized that she is pregnant. And that God had fulfilled the promise that he had given to Elizabeth. That he had even told Mary... That Elizabeth, who is advanced in age and is barren, would give birth to a child. It would have confirmed exactly what the angel said, that there is nothing too difficult for our God. But following that Mary's greeting, we then see that Elizabeth becomes filled with the Holy Spirit. And she begins to cry out in a loud voice, a loud song, if you will. And she says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So now we have Elizabeth who had no idea that Mary was the one that was told to Zechariah who would give birth to the son. She had no idea it was going to be Mary. The angel had not given Zechariah that knowledge. And here, through the Holy Spirit that has now filled her, she is not only singing, but she is prophesying. And she is saying, behold, the Messiah has come, for he is in the womb of Mary. Both women are pregnant. God has been faithful and kept the promise that he has given in both of these narratives. And now they join together. Beloved, can you imagine what this wonderful visitation would have looked like or what would have taken place? 
Could you imagine Mary and Elizabeth? Here you have a 14, 15-year-old girl, and then you have a, an elderly woman here probably staying up like, a, like, you know, like, like teenage girls do at night, sharing stories and laughing and crying and doing all of these things. Can you imagine what took place in this visitation? Oh, how they would share the remarkable details of the, the visits of the angel. Oh, how they would look to Zechariah and weep in sadness because he would look on in silence. Or maybe the joyful tears that they are both pregnant. One who had tried for so long and one who was supposedly, both of them supposedly impossible to have children. But God, could you imagine the praise and the worship and the prayers that would go on between the two of them? Not just because they were pregnant, but because the Messiah had finally come. That which they had heard about and prayed about and longed for was now coming true. Could you imagine them sitting there talking about the hopes of their two sons? The one who would be the ambassador, the forerunner, and the other, the Messiah, who would go and flip the world upside down? Oh, brothers and sisters, oh, if we only had these details. But though we do not have the glorious details of their visitation, there is a truth that can be observed here. A truth that we do have is that there is a joy to be found in the visitation with other believers. There is a joy to be found when we are with the faith family and we are fellowshipping and we are having intimate moments and we are sharing our hopes and our sadness and we're sharing our fears and all of these things. The fellowship and the communion between believers amplifies the joy of our faith. J.C. Ryle said it this way, He says, without the visit, he says, Elizabeth might never have been so filled with the Holy Spirit and Mary might never have uttered the song of praise, which is now known all over the church of Christ. The words of the old divine are deep and true, he says. Happiness communicated doubles itself. Grief grows greater by concealing, but joy by expression. I'll say it again. Happiness is is communicated happiness communicated doubles itself grief grows greater by concealing but joy by expression fpc we should always regard the communion and the fellowship the visitation with other believers as a way of doubling and expressing and finding joy in our walk of faith it is when we isolate ourselves and we conceal the things of our life then instead that we will find more grief than joy. And so we see here that the visitation and the communion with other believers is an important means of God's grace to the church. In Proverbs chapter 7, verse 17, we know the famous proverb, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. There is a great benefit when we do life together, when you and I are with one another, fellowshipping with each other. And so I ask you, dear friend, Are you living in isolation? I ask you, are you walking the faith alone? Are you living the Christian life, concealing all of your hopes and concealing all of your fears, concealing all of your struggles, concealing all of your joys in the good things in your life? Can you imagine what Mary and Elizabeth would have missed out on here? Could you imagine what Mary would have had to go through if she would not have had the encouragement of Elizabeth or vice versa? For them to not have been able to share these hopes and experiences with one another. 
And similarly, you and I will miss out on so much if we isolate ourselves from one another. Our joy is found in the expression with each other. This is what makes Sunday mornings so amazing. This is what really is joy to my ears as a pastor when I have to tell you to be quiet, sit down, and let's get started because you're talking. That's, that was joking. I'm just, I enjoy that. You're talking. You're staying at the church. You're, you're enjoying one another. It is a joy for me because I know it is a joy for you. Brothers and sisters, our core value of a church investment is this important. If you want greater joy in your life, if you want to sing joy, this, this is the singing of church, church, church songs and congregational singing. We are not just singing to ourselves. Because many of us, like me, who do not sound very good, would not want to sing in front of people by himself. But I am joining with you, those who don't sound so good, just like me, and those of you who sound really good, and, and we're all together, and it's all of us just singing Because we're not concealing that, we're expressing it with one another. There is a joy there. Brothers and sisters, if you want greater joy in the faith, then you must have visitation with other Christians. You must make the effort to build relationships with each other. This is the reason why we encourage you to attend church as often as you can, to be consistent day in, week in and week out, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday nights and Wednesday prayer meeting, getting to Sunday school on time and, and hey, guess what? Here's a novel idea, getting to Sunday school earlier that you may eat your donut and share with one another. Or how about this one? And I love this and, and this is, you know, one of those things where, Poor Tiffany may go home late some nights because we just hang out in the sanctuary or we hang out in the Family Life Center. We've been at church and you're just staying and you're talking, this visitating with one another. So we stay after the service and we visit for a while. Or we invite and greet one another into our homes. We talk to one another about what God is doing in our life. We don't conceal the things that are going on, good or bad. We share our fears and we share our struggles. We share the sins that so easily entangles us. All of these, brothers and sisters, are ways in which you can express yourself. Visit with one another that increases the joy of your faith. If you do these things, you can sit back and watch and you will sit and experience the increase of joy in your life. But if you live in isolation to one another, you will find less joy. Here is the problem that I think many of us believers find ourselves in. We want to experience the worship moments of Elizabeth and Mary, Paul and Silas in the prison, the disciples in the upper room. We love to read about these wonderful, emotional, Holy Ghost-filled moments, right? Yet we forget that they were never done in isolation. They were done walking together, brothers and sisters together, singing and praying and worshiping together. Brothers and sisters, if we are to experience the joys of our faith, to have moments of great worship and joy, then you cannot live in isolation. There is a joy in visitation. But secondly, I want you to see the joy of her child. Look at verse 41 and verse 44. 
Here within the song, Elizabeth says that she heard Mary's greetings and the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, look at verse 44. She says, Behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in the womb for joy. We see this word used twice in this in just a couple of verses here. It is associated with animals as they leap or they spring with excitement. I, I think of uh, Jessica's goats. You go, you go to the house, and the go- I was thinking about our goats this week, and these baby goats, and you know, I'm thinking about Grace, and she's like, oh, they're so cute, you know, Cause, and they're fun, and they're prancing everywhere, right? That's what this word is literally associated with. I mean, apparently, they, it must have been a goat farmer who came up with it, but, they, but they, they're bouncing here and there, and, and they're joyful, and they're fun, and it's ecstatic, and it's wonderful. So, so this gives us a description of what is taking place in the womb. This is no ordinary kick or bump or movement, right? This is like a, a baby goat jumping around with excitement within the womb, Elizabeth knows that this is unique, that this is not normal, that the child in the womb has, is jumping for joy. But why? Because the Messiah has come. And you, Did you just stop with me in amazement for just a moment? The Messiah is in the womb of Mary. He's a, as I told Trey, he was a zygote. he's going through the the state he's not that old I mean he's only been conceived and then you got John who is six months old and Christ comes in the person of Christ in the womb of Mary John the six month old baby in the womb of Elizabeth and he jumps in joy of worship and in praise and he does exactly what he was created to do hey mom mom there's the Lord isn't that amazing John the Baptist, six months old, is going, Mom, I'm trying to get your attention from within here. That's the one. That's the one. How dare we ever say that that which is in the womb of a woman is not human. When the baby feels complete and utter joy and worship and praise of God. You say, how can it be? Well, brothers and sisters, we were told back in verse 15 that the Holy Spirit would fill John in the womb. He would, the Spirit would come in and save and, and redeem. And he would begin the very ministry of his, of his life within six months of pointing. There's the Messiah. Man, you need to understand that Elizabeth is saying this word leap is, also, is used twice here. But she's, she's expressing, she's singing because of the joy of the child that is within her. But I need you to understand something else. This word leap is used one other time in the Gospel of Luke. It's only used three times here. And it's used one other time in Luke chapter 6, verse 22, verse 23. Listen to this. This is Luke's version of the Beatitudes. He says, Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. So did you hear that? Even if you are persecuted, even if you suffer, even if you do all the good and worship the Lord and the world deems you as evil, he says, leap for joy. The joy of Christ should make us leap in both good times and in hard times. Brothers and sisters, there is an amazing thing here. John's life is filled with joy from the womb to the grave. 
from the womb to the grave. Elizabeth is singing because, her, because of the joy of her son who was created for the very purpose of proclaiming Christ to the world and preparing the way. And we know that John the Baptist would experience persecution, imprisonment, and even death. We know that he would experience popularity, but then his popularity would decrease because Christ would increase. And yet what we know is, is that John, not that he didn't struggle, not that he didn't have moments of doubt, but that John would be a man of pure pure joy. Why? Because John embraced the purpose of his life. He was always second to Jesus. He was always pointing to Christ. He was always making much of Christ. John chapter 3 verse 29 through 30. 29 and 30. It says, he, he, who is, was the, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the, the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. Brothers and sisters, John knew why he was even in the womb of his mother, that his purpose was always to be second to Jesus, to point to him. This is amazing when you consider it. This is, this is amazing when you even consider Elizabeth, who could have been full of jealousy. John, who could have been full of jealousy. And they weren't. They rejoiced. Why? Because they knew they were second in comparison to Christ. And so John leaps for joy and Elizabeth sings. Dear friends, I ask you this morning, are you second to Christ this morning? Are you second to Christ? Or do you live your life embraced with the purpose that you're going to make much of yourself? You're going to to leap and bounce and, and have joy and happiness because you're going to make much of you. I'm here to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, that if, you're, that if your life is full of selfishness and selfish ambitions, you will leap far less in this life. How do I know? Because joy is a fruit of the Spirit, not selfishness. I encourage you this morning, brothers and sisters, that you would look at the example of John and that you would begin to seek to imitate this example That from the womb to the grave, John was always pointing to Jesus Christ, always making much of him. To increase your joy, you must fight to put to death your pride, your selfishness, your greed, your your ambitions that make much of you and you alone. For if Christ is second in your life, you will leap far less. Repent. Turn from this sin. Turn from living a life where it's about you and recognize that you were created just like John. You were created for the purpose of worshiping and praising and making much of Jesus Christ and begin to live with the purpose of Him in everything you do, not just on Sunday mornings, but Sunday, brothers and sisters, all the way through Saturday, and start over again on Sunday. Every decision, everything you do, your career, your parenting, your marriage, your finances, everything that you do is with the purpose of Christ and His glory. But let me add one other thing to you. I would kick myself if I was to walk out of here this morning and not 
talk about this because many of us would say, well, Brother Brian, you know, these days seem to be very trying and very difficult, and it seems hard to find joy when I pull up to the, the gas pump and, you know, we're starting to see gas prices soar, or I turn the media on, you know, and there's wars overseas, and, and there's national and political chaos, and what's worse, Brian, is that when we begin to see that that which was once considered good and right and moral being deemed evil, that which was conservative and great and good is now being said that it is wrong. How can I have joy in these times? How can I leap with joy, Brian, in these days? Brothers and sisters, we must remember that we are always second to Christ. Jesus didn't say that we would leap for joy when all the circumstances in this life were well and were good and going for you. He tells us that we are to leap even in the worst of times. Why? Because joy is not a fruit of circumstances. Joy is a fruit of salvation that comes from Christ. The joy of our faith is not tied to the gas pumps. And it's not tied to what's happening overseas. It's not tied to what's happening in the White House or in the government. My joy is tied to Christ and to Christ alone. Brothers and sisters, if you are going to follow John's example in these days, you are going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to seek joy through prayer. You are going to have to read your Bibles and study your, the Word and learn the deep doctrinal truths that bring joy within even when the circumstances on the outside are not so good and here's something else you can do you can go visit with other brothers and sisters whether you're talking about the good circumstances or the bad circumstances you can go visit with your brothers and sisters and then together begin to have joy and that you know what? We're not in this alone. Amen? We have Christ. We have one another. And whether I am in the womb, or I'm at home, or I'm in the church, or am I in prison, brothers and sisters, I can leap for joy because Christ has come. He has come. But there is a third one that I need you to see here this morning, and I do believe it is the greatest one. I need you to see the joy of Elizabeth's salvation. You see that when Elizabeth hears the greeting of Mary, she loudly begins to sing. She loudly begins to sing. It is a hymn declaring blessings. If you'll notice, she says three times when this little hymn, she says three times, she says, blessed. The Greek word here is, is a little different than what we may find in the Beatitudes, but it is the word that we get the English term, a eulogy. And it refers to the praise and the approval of someone. And so her song is a eulogy. It is a compliment to, to Mary's faithful belief. It is, a, it is a praise of the one who is in the womb of Mary, and as you'll see in a moment, to the one who believes the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Mary is blessed not only as the mother of Christ, but she is blessed because she believed the words of God. But she also praises Jesus in the womb. 
she expresses shock and humility. I love this. That Jesus, who is, again, a, a zygote, going through the process of gestation, that pregnancy of taking on flesh, one would imagine that Christ would walk in in all glory and we would bow down and worship him. But you ever thought about the king of kings being in the womb? Hasn't even developed his fingers yet? And Elizabeth begins to go, why are you here in my presence? I love this. She begins to sing. She says, why, O oh me, O oh Lord, why would the mother of my Lord come to me who is unworthy? The term Lord means that he is the supreme one, denoting sovereignty and absolute authority. You know, I, I think of Aladdin and the genie, right? <clears throat> if you've ever seen that, he says, all cosmic power, itty bitty living space. All sovereignty, all glory, all power. In the womb of a woman. But that does not hamper the praise, does it? It does not stop Elizabeth from singing out, does it? It does not stop Elizabeth from declaring that this is the Christ, our Lord and our Savior. She knows the sovereignty that resides in the womb of Mary. She knows the power and the glory that resides there. Matter of fact, this term Lord bears witness that she understands the deity of this child. He's not just a man. And Mary hasn't even told her yet that she's a virgin. But she still is. Elizabeth, what the Spirit knows. She knows that this is the fulfillment of God's promise of salvation. Though he is but a baby in the womb... Elizabeth declares this is the Lord and Savior. And to give you how great of a profession this is, listen to J.C. Ryle. He says, this was a confession worthy to be placed side by side with the confession of the Apostle Peter who said, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. Dear friends, joy had not only come to the world. Joy had come to the very house and into the very heart of Elizabeth. And how did she respond? She sang. She was in the presence of God. She was in the presence of Christ. Oh, beloved, this is a reality. This is a truth that we are witnessing, that she was witnessing. She, it's not the emotional thing. It's not the, oh, you're pregnant. No, it's not that. It is the truth and the content. The God of heaven is here. And it resulted in singing. Dear Christian, I need you to, to hear me this morning. I believe that we as churches need to repent of how we view singing within the church. For many of us would rather prioritize how the music sounds and how it makes me feel in worship service rather than what the music says. You see, that is not what we find in Scripture. True joy of faith. True salvation joy true joy the fruit of the spirit comes not from how a song makes you feel but from when you recognize the truth of, in, of the content 
the joy of our faith is found in, in what we know, not what we feel. It is what we know that brings the feeling, not the other way around. According to a sermon by Alistair Begg, he walked into another worship service, and he's there, and the, the worship guy stands up, and he goes, you, you can find this on YouTube, it's a wonderful sermon clip, and the guy goes, how do y'all feel today? And now Shabed goes, I, we could have the benediction right there, I was ready to go home, because I don't feel very good. Many of you may even know this, you know, you may have even felt this way, you may feel this way this morning. Your kids are screaming in the car, amen? Right? They're screaming at you. You're running late. You burnt the roast already. Cornelius to beg. He kicked the dog. It wasn't even his dog, he said. He said, he said, all of these things are going wrong. I don't feel like worshiping the Lord. I have had a miserable morning. So when you stand up, don't ask me how I feel. Because if I'm going to judge things by how I feel, I'm going to go home. He says, tell me what I know. Elizabeth was six months pregnant. Do you think she felt great? No, her singing was based on what she knew. And what did she know? She knew the King of Kings had entered her presence. The Christ, the Savior of His people. And brothers and sisters, the same goes for us on Sunday mornings. These, these words on the screens are not meant to, are, are meant to remind you. They are meant to remind you of what we know. To remind you of the one that we know. Dear friend, I ask you, what do you know? What do we know? And I pray it is that we know the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know that we are sinful human beings. That we are unworthy of the love. We are unworthy of the grace. We are unworthy of, of heaven. We are unworthy of Christ. Instead, we are worthy of nothing but judgment and wrath, eternal damnation and eternity in hell because of our sins against our Lord and Savior. But God sent us a Savior. He sent us a Redeemer, His Son, born fully God and fully man. He knew no sin, and for that reason, He is our salvation. His life lived perfectly under the law of God. His death, where he was completely innocent, but he willingly gave it for, the, for those who were guilty. And his resurrection, where he comes in all power and glory. Brothers and sisters, his life, death, and resurrection is the only hope you have of removing your sin. Christ died for your sins. Christ rose in victory for your salvation. And brothers and sisters, he brings salvation to all who would repent and believe in him. So when you show up on Sunday mornings and when you feel rotten and when you feel horrible, when you, when you feel the weight of your sin and you feel unworthy to be in church, brothers and sisters, we put the words on the screen and we sing these songs to remind us that Christ has brought salvation to us, that Christ, His salvation and His grace and His mercy and His love for us was won on Calvary's hill. That's what brings me joy. And if you want to experience greater joy in the song service, brothers and sisters, stop blaming the worship pastors. Stop blaming the pastors. Stop blaming the praise teams and the choir and the instrumentalists. Stop blaming them, brothers and sisters. And instead, go and read and study your Bible and learn what the Bible says and learn the glorious truths of Scripture. Learn the glorious truth of the gospel that when you come to church and you sing, you can go, I know what that is saying. 
joy has come to the world. Christ has died. Christ has come. And then you can join in with them. But there is one other blessing that you must see here. It is the blessing of belief. For she not only sang of the blessing of Mary and the blessing of, of Christ, but Elizabeth sang because she knew the blessing of those who would believe would find salvation. In verse 45 it says, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Was Mary blessed above all women? Absolutely not. That's not what this says. She's not blessed above all women. She's blessed among the women. We say, well, it says, blessed is she that believes. Well, in Luke chapter 11, verse 27, something very interesting happens. There's a woman in the crowd, and she cries out to Jesus, and she says, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. Blessed is your mother. And Jesus says, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Brothers and sisters, Mary is not greater She's not greater than anyone. In fact, Elizabeth understood this. She understood that all who hear the word of God, who hear the gospel and repent of their sins, turn from their sins and observe the word, believe the word, will be blessed. Dear friend, are you blessed this morning? I've presented the gospel to you. Have you heard the word this morning? Dear friend, if you are not saved today, then you cannot, you cannot know this blessing. You cannot know true joy. You cannot know true ecstatic joy in the leaping from the womb to the grave. But you can in Christ. Christ has come into the world. He had lived a sinless life. He has died for you and your sins. Your sins, no matter what they are, can be forgiven today. No matter how bad or how horrible you think you are, you can be forgiven today and know the salvation of Christ. And not only forgiven, brothers and sisters, you can then receive the righteousness of Christ and the promise of an eternal home in heaven with Him. What must you do? What must you do to receive this blessing? You must believe. Oh, that you would call out to God this morning. Oh, that you would call out to God and ask Him to give you faith. Ask Him to help you to believe. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. And when He saves, then you can join in the choir of the saints. And you can sing. You can sing. Martin Luther once said, Let God speak directly to His people through the Scriptures. And let His people respond with grateful songs of praise. I ask you today, FBC, are you living in accordance to the truth and the knowledge of Jesus Christ? Are you living with joy in your life? If you're desiring joy, then invest in other church people. Visit with other church people and visit with brothers and sisters. Begin living with the purpose of making Christ number one and yourself number two. And preach the gospel to yourself over and over and over And brothers and sisters, you will find that joy has come to the world because it's come to you, because Christ has come to you. Let's pray.